We've spent a lot of time this season talking about how our culture is shaped. We've consulted with experts about who's responsible for molding our culture and who should be held accountable for the dangerous impacts of our media. Today, we uncover a new piece of the puzzle. How is our culture shaping our children to be offenders themselves? The only way to keep people satisfied is to continue giving them harder, more aggressive material. And like you said, that's what our kids are seeing. They're not seeing just pictures of breasts. That's not what porn is today. When they enter the scene, they're seeing what, you know, users who have been watching pornography for decades now want. Like that's the content that our kids are first being exposed to. And Right now, we there is a crisis of children acting out on other children. And I, I want to preface that with saying, oh, these kids aren't monsters. They're not trying to hurt each other. They're simply acting out what they saw adults doing in these videos out of that they watched out of curiosity, that they watched because it actually does impact their bodies, just like it impacts adult bodies, right? Kids are just acting out what they've been exposed to. And, and because of that, though, we're seeing horrific crimes perpetrated by young kids. Trauma that will last an entire life to overcome being experienced by young kids. And we, we have to do something about it. And that's part of why we have to hold culture accountable. These major companies like TikTok, like Snapchat, Instagram, who are allowing access, exposing our young kids to hardcore violent pornography, as well as Pornhub, we have to hold them accountable because the public health impacts are immense and it's ruining lives. That's Don Hawkins, Senior Vice President and Executive Director at the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Don has been fighting giants of all kinds on behalf of victims for years. Most recently, that giant is Twitter. In today's balanced conversation, we take a look at child on child crimes and ultimately answer this question. How is your child being affected by our hypersexualized culture? And why should you get involved in holding media giants accountable for the role they play in shaping our society? Without further ado, here's your host, Renya Mancarios. Welcome to the Balance Boys podcast. We are thrilled today to be joined by Don Hopkins, Senior Vice President and Executive Director of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, also known as NICOSI. Welcome, Don. Hello. Thank you. We're so happy to have you. You are a firecracker. I mean, you are unbelievable. You've developed a global strategy uniting more than 300 women's rights, child advocacy, medical professionals, law enforcement, religious groups, uh, you've included bipartisan political leadership, you've worked together to raise awareness, uh, creating connections between all forms of sexual exploitation. You have led policy changes that have affected Google, Hilton Worldwide, Comcast, Walmart, and have touched the Department of Defense. You've just raised awareness in such a tremendous way in terms of sexual exploitation of children and others. How did you end up here? ask myself that question too. <laughs> I, I think from a young age, I just saw the kind of the inequality of women and the hypersexualization and objectification of women and the impact that has on so many um, and their ability to progress and grow on families, etc. 
I actually um, lived in Europe, in Hungary for almost two years. And I saw, I, I was teaching English a lot and doing a lot of service projects. And I saw sex trafficking and prostitution were rampant. Sexual harassment was very common. I was harassed regularly, like walking down the street. And to me, it felt like it was all connected to this culture that was pornified. There was pornography everywhere, like on billboards, front pages of newspapers. And I just thought someone has to stand up for women's rights and for children and families. And maybe I'll just volunteer a little bit when I get back to the United States. So that's how I got involved. I mean, and it's amazing because the work Nikosi's done has truly moved the needle and you've taken on some of the biggest powerhouses with no fear. And we're going to talk about how you're leading a lawsuit against Twitter. Um, the work you've done with the Dirty Dozen and, and you know, news will be coming out in February and we want everybody to circle back with your with your organization and see what you guys have done. But I want to talk about first the general landscape. You know, human trafficking has become a hot topic button. Everybody now is talking about human trafficking. Do you sense that people understand what it really is? And are all of these voices helping or do they hurt the narrative at some point? Yeah, thank you. I, I mean, culture is changing and accountability is finally rolling forth as we stand up and say no more abuse and exploitation. We're not going to stand for objectification. And I'm so grateful that more people are recognizing the need to, to stand up against, you know, no, it's like no person should have to be commodified, sold, et cetera. And um, I, I do think, though, some of the awareness around sex trafficking is is harmful. It's exact. It it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. Sorry, when statistics, for example, are exaggerated, the problem is bad enough. Like the truth and the reality is so bad, so dark, so heavy. We don't need exaggerated facts. And a lot of the stuff you see on social media around sex trafficking, those are not statistics that are. That are like, can you, so what does that mean? Share more about that with us. Yeah, there'll be like statements, you know, there's, there's hun like a million kids are being trafficked. Um, there's no, there's, there's nothing that proves that we, there's so much we don't know. This is a criminal industry that's almost impossible to track. Mm. And, um, and so really, I, I encourage everybody to just question the statistics they're seeing and hearing about sex trafficking. But, but really, it's so much more than, than sex trafficking, too. And I think people are finally waking up to this. It's this culture that women and children can be used, abused, and discarded, that they could just yeah. purchase. Prostitution cannot be separated from sex trafficking. Pornography, consumption, the normalization of, you know, like something like OnlyFans, the phenomenon of now you just being able to create uh your own pornographic videos and sell it on OnlyFans. It's super connected to sex trafficking and prostitution. It's all a huge web. Oh, look, I have this web behind me. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, this is, this is the point. You know, you can't just fight one of them. You can't only fight sex trafficking and ignore these other issues because it will continue to explode. But what do you say about the fact that there are a lot of young girls who I mean, they're not being touched by anybody. They're home alone. They're young college students, young women who actually realize that they can upload a video of themselves and post it online and actually become 
famous or get money from that and and they may still have full control is that something you're are you worried about the culture there or the act or you know do you still I, consider I would, that they're exploited i would say they're super they're exploited they're victims also they're victims of our culture that has groomed them yeah and told them that all they're worth is you know their sexuality and their body they can't do anything else that's that's a problem and and it's a it's a symptom of of our hypersexualized culture and that's why we hold corporations accountable because they're major drivers of culture and if corporations have big policies that facilitate sexual exploitation that are seeking profits off the backs of these vulnerable individuals you know they should be held accountable and that's one way to help change the narrative that it's not empowering to you know sell yourself for sex it's interesting because I love the angle you guys take. And I've always said corporations have to be held responsible, including the Twitters, the Instagrams, the Facebooks of the world that allow this information to live social, you know, on their social media platforms. But before I talk about that, you had a, tech, a, tw- a tweet recently about a woman that was fired from Taco Bell um, for being in a porn film or video. And you said, we force these women into the sex industry just to put food on the table. And then we give them no exit opportunities. And I thought that was such an interesting, I thought it was so interesting that she was fired. And then I thought it was so interesting, your comment. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're forced into the industry and then they're, who, we give them no op- options to leave it. Exactly, exactly. I think the solution to this whole problem is that we hold men accountable who are the buyers, who are the driving the demand for the commercial sex industry. And then we offer exit strategies and services and support for those who are trapped in the industry. That That's the solution. It is simple. It is simple. People try to make it more complicated. But if, if, a, if a woman, a mother, she happened to be a mother who's trying to put food on the table, especially during this pandemic, can't get a job at Taco Bell, how do we expect them to these individuals to to not have to be exploited and sold over and over again. We're going to talk about child on child sexual abuse, which you called a pandemic. And I think going back 2017 is when I think you gave that presentation. We're going to talk about your work uh, regarding Pornhub and this historic lawsuit against Twitter that you're spearheading. We'll do all of that in a minute. We'll be right back. This Balanced Conversation is made possible by Brigitte and Bashar Kalai, Hallie Vanderheider, Sippy and AJ Karana, and Deepwater Productions. If you're interested in furthering our mission of facilitating balanced conversations, offering real solutions, contact us at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. We're back with Don Hopkins, uh, Senior Vice President and Executive Director of the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Don, you are doing something that I can't believe. You are literally suing Twitter. Um, it was shocking to me because these platforms are so strong and so powerful, and people are often afraid to take them on or to go against them. Will you talk to us, share what your lawsuit is entailing and what you're hoping will come out of it? For years, Twitter is a hotbed of exploitation and abuse, especially of children. They enable the sex trafficking, the the production of child sexual abuse material to flourish all over their platform. And um, I have heard for years 
from parents and from victims themselves who had images of their abuse uploaded to Twitter. Twitter refuses to take it down. It's all over. Twitter is like, maybe, you know, I would say it's the worst platform on the internet when it comes to prostitution, sex trafficking, child sexual abuse material, and pornography. It's rampant. It's, it's rampant on that platform. And finally, yeah, they're being ahead, held sorry. accountable. A young, uh, we have John Doe, who is a, a young man when he was groomed online and enticed into sending material, sexual material to somebody who he thought was a peer only to find out he had no idea who, who that person was. A couple of years later, they compiled all of this material and put it on Twitter. His classmates found out about it. He was being horrifically bullied. He fell into a deep depression. And thankfully, one of his classmates' mothers reached out to his mom and she intervened. In the course of that, he had already begged Twitter to take it down. He had sent them pictures of his ID proving that he's a minor. He was he was 13 and 14 years old. And Twitter said it didn't violate their policies. When his mom begged Twitter, Twitter said it didn't violate their policies. This is clearly child sexual abuse material. They have to be held accountable. And this is not the only story, sadly. We, we're hearing this from, from many others um, who, who had abuse material filmed and then distributed on Twitter. Twitter must be held accountable. And do you have hope that they will be held accountable, such a powerhouse like Twitter? Yes, it's happening right now. We're suing them. More lawsuits are to follow. More individuals are coming forward. They're finding the courage to speak up themselves. Um, Congress is like is looking in the general public, thanks to the media and podcasts like you, bringing more pressure on them. I, I do think that they will have to change when it comes, especially to child sexual abuse material. One of the things that has always just irked me about these social media platforms, and, and this is pre-COVID, is they, you know, we would say there's so much sexual exploitation. It's, you know, they're grooming these kids and the platforms always say, oh, we can't, we can't weed that out. It doesn't go against our policies. We can't figure it out. And then COVID struck. And all of a sudden you just say the word COVID and your post is tagged and there's a link for information on COVID. Or maybe it's, if you talk about the election, it's flagged. It doesn't meet the criteria of the platforms. So it was like, they clearly can monitor content clearly. And they certainly will get involved if they don't like the content. So why, why have they not gotten involved when it comes to the exploitation of children? Is it that they don't care that it's a moneymaker for them, which makes me want to vomit? I mean, why? I, I think both of those reasons are part of it. And because nobody's forced them to. No, you know, we, until now, there hasn't been an outcry to say that these social media, the tech giants, are responsible for creating safe spaces online for our youth. Now they're being held accountable and we're seeing pressure. You know, all of the major tech companies, um, TikTok, social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, they've all made sweeping changes in the last 12 months mm. for improved safety when it comes to these issues. Is it enough? Am I going to let my kids on those platforms right now? No, but there are they are moving that way because of the pressure from the public. And how can the public apply more pressure? Is it following you guys? Yeah. Is it 
<laughs> join us. I mean, we have so many actions. We have the ability for you to contact these tech companies directly, their executives, um, right from our website or Congress. Um, we make it really easy at insexualexploitation.org. But also you can just reach out, you know, complain, tag them on, like when you tweet TikTok, <laughs> they're listening, surprisingly, they actually listen. Um, and so we just ask you to join with us in speaking out about the need for a safer online space. And that's the world we live in. It was so frustrating not too long ago, Crime Stoppers was sharing, we only talk about public safety. And um, one of our videos was just flagged by social media. It went against their guidelines. And literally we, we only talk about <laughs> public safety. Nothing's political, nothing's controversial. And I was, I couldn't sleep that night. I was so frustrated. They wouldn't let us, you know, place an ad. They wouldn't let us boost the video. And it, it was completely benign. And I was up and I was on TikTok and I'm never on TikTok, but I was on TikTok. I couldn't sleep. And I said, all right, let me, there's like a, you know, the videos pop up for you. Like, I, I guess I, I, I don't use it often. And it was this girl holding, holding like this wad of cash. And, you know, she was saying, look how much my sugar daddy gave me. And the hashtag was sugar daddy. And so I went on TikTok and did hashtag sugar daddy. And like the hundreds of thousands of videos that are hashtag sugar daddy that show a young girl, mainly young women with these wads of cash or their coach bag or their Gucci bag, uh, thanks to their sugar daddy. And I'm like, these are all okay. These are all, they don't offend any standards. They're all minors. Um, what does sugar daddy inherently mean? But like a public safety conversation that might use, you know, end child abuse or protection for all is like flagged as being controversial by these platforms. It just, Don, you just think like, what world are we living in? I'm right there with you. Exactly right there with you. And sugaring is prostitution. And so many find themselves then trafficked. I mean, yeah, that's another big fight. Your work with pornography is unbelievable. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what you're, what you're talking about in regards to Pornhub. We'll be right back. The National Center on Sexual Exploitation, also known as NICOSI, are known policy changers. They have made it incredibly easy for you to get involved in the fight to end sexual exploitation. After receiving a thousand emails per week from activists from NICOSI's campaign, Hilton's executives agreed to meet and subsequently changed their policies to completely stop selling on-demand pornography in their hotels around the world. To get involved in campaigns similar to this and so much more, visit endexploitationaction.com, where you can take 5, 10, 15, or even 50 actions in just minutes. Not too long ago, Don, you shared a tweet about a $600 million lawsuit filed by a Canadian victim of MindGeek who had videos of her, of her child abuse when she was 12 years old available on Pornhub as re recently as 2020. You've been uh, very clear that the while Pornhub is making these efforts, they're claiming to now self-regulate that it's not enough. It's a joke. <laughs> it's such it's a, a joke. <laughs> I mean, what does it mean, though? What does it mean that they're going to self-regulate? They're not going to self-regulate. They are not going to do that. They, for a decade, they have done nothing. And I, I mean, I'm talking about thousands, maybe more, hundreds of thousands of videos of child sexual abuse material, of sex trafficked individuals, of rape, of non-consensually recorded and uploaded intimate images, 
being peppered on this website and many victims asking for this to be taken down only to fall on deaf ears. And no, like they're not going to self-regulate. They have known about this problem for so long. Since they started, this was their business model. Um, and I'm so, I'm so happy that lawsuit, there's three already filed. All of the major credit card companies have stopped processing for Pornhub since December. Um, last week, the Canadian the Canadian government has called them to account. They have a headquarters in Montreal, and they had to appear before the Canadian Parliament hearing, where in which they said so many lies, or they refused to answer. And they're saying now, oh, well, we're changing our policies now, so that's that should be enough. No way. You know, if if somebody rapes somebody. We don't say, okay, if you just don't rape in the future, that's going to be okay. No, they have to be held accountable for what they, the, the trauma and the horror they've caused. And so that's starting to happen. The online internet, um, the internet pornography industry is really transforming right now. Just in the last two months, um, you know, I think all pornography is problematic. It's leading to a number of public health harms, including child on child sexual abuse, which we'll talk about. But but having rape videos, actual rape, sex trafficking images, child images, non-consensually shared, all uploaded to these websites and then shared, downloaded, et cetera, it's ruining lives. Yeah. I, 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 I'm thinking as you're talking about um, the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, which took place um, many years ago. And I believe there was a legislative push after that school shooting. And, and I, my timing might be slightly off, but that, you know, media couldn't access victim images. You know, the media doing their job will so sometimes show inside or whatever, but there was a movement to protect the, the images of the victims, especially in that case. Um, why aren't we doing this online? I mean, if you have a victim, somebody that's raped online, there sh this shouldn't even be a topic of conversation that th those victims should be protected, especially dealing with something so traumatic that's almost being live streamed and relived over and over and over again, exploited over and over again. I can't, I can't really tell you numbers of how many, how many people have come to me over the years I've been in this fight where their abuse was uploaded to this website and to other porn, mainstream site, porn sites. And I can't say any, there's been no, nothing they can do about it. Nothing, like really no legal recourse that they have because there was no accountability. Nobody was enforcing any regulations or rules on, on these companies. So that is changing. And that's and the Twitter lawsuit. It's all the same, right? Yeah, Twitter and yeah. porn are not that different. Well, and I love the fact that the movement has prohibited, you know, you can't use a credit card, as you're saying, on some of these sites. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, cover Bitcoin, too. Make sure that's included, because the moment you say you can't use MasterCard, Visa, Discover, whatever, it's like, yeah, just pay with Bitcoins. And it's like, no, no, there can't be any point of cash exchange or monetary value. Um, you gave a presentation in 20, I believe it was 2017, and you started by talking about an eight-year-old girl who was repeatedly raped by a young teen, 13 or 15 years old, um, who had had been a pornography, uh, he consumed a lot of pornography, I guess, and that he had the young girl's four-year-old watch, um, he said this is a play, but he raped an eight-year-old. And it's like, if people don't understand the effects of pornography 
I'll just quickly add one more thing. I, we were talking not too long ago with, with this woman who said, yeah, but growing up, our kids had access to magazines. It's not the same. It is not the same as like streaming pornography that is violent and aggressive um, where there's sounds and, and movement. It's completely different than a magazine. And I think these these pornography sites have this bar that they're constantly chasing. Okay, we did this, now show that. We did this, now show that. There is racism, there is abuse, and you guys do such a good job about painting the landscape. But talk to us about child-on-child sexual abuse. Yeah, well, I will say pornography has changed over time because it changes our brains. Just since 2013, there's like 40 neurological studies about how pornography has negative impacts on our brain, how it actually changes it. The only way to keep people satisfied is to continue giving them harder, more aggressive material. And like you said, that's what our kids are seeing. They're not seeing just pictures of breasts. That's not what porn is today. When they enter the scene, they're seeing what you know users who have been watching pornography for decades now want like that's the content that our kids are first being exposed to and right now we there is a crisis of children acting out on other children and i i want to preface that with saying though these kids aren't monsters they're not trying to hurt each other they're simply acting out what they saw adults doing in these videos out of that they watch out of curiosity that they watch because it actually does impact their bodies just like it impacts adult bodies right <laughs> kids are just acting out what they've been exposed to and and because of that though we're seeing horrific crimes perpetrated by young kids trauma that will last an entire life to overcome being experienced by young kids and we we have to do something about it and that's part of why we have to hold culture accountable. These major companies like TikTok, like Snapchat, Instagram, who are allowing access, exposing our young kids to hardcore violent pornography, as well as Pornhub. We have to hold them accountable because the public health impacts are immense and it's ruining lives. You mentioned on Nikosi website, there are some recent victories in regards to TikTok and the hashtag shut it down. Yeah, um, tick, well, TikTok has made, you know, I, if you asked me this time 2020, um, I would have said, oh, TikTok is the worst. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this, but TikTok really is right now the best platform in terms of their child parental controls and the, the safety features they've rolled out for young users. Um, there's still extremely problematic content on there and we'll see if they actually implement their policies, but on paper now, their policies are the best. They just rolled them out about a month ago. So I, I really encourage you as anybody watching this, turn on those controls, even adults. Like I don't wanna be bombarded with hypersexualized or pornographic images. So um, use the tools that we fought hard to get TikTok to roll out. And I think those tools are on your website. I think when I was there not too long ago, you can go on and figure out how to set up parental controls on TikTok, uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and all a lot of the mainstream social media platforms and streaming devices. Yeah, but oh my gosh, doesn't it hurt your head to have to like- I know. On all the platforms. What is your advice to your mom of four? I'm a mom of three. We do raise our kids in a digital world. And as much as we want to keep them away from this, at some point we have no choice. This is how they communicate with their friends, how they live their lives. What do you tell parents like us who are still navigating how to approach this really complicated space? 
well, we have to do the work. We have to learn. We have to be where our kids are. You know, if, if our kids are on Snapchat, we should be on Snapchat too. You can't just let them loose. Um, use the tools available. It's hard work, but we, but we have to do it because their entire futures are at stake. You know, I, I don't want to end with this sad note, but in, last night I was reading about two suicides as a result of bullying and nude images being shared on these mainstream social media platforms from two really good kids. I mean, good in all the ways, like they had support, they were straight A's, all these things. Imagine what is happening for our more vulnerable youth. Um, so parents, I mean, don't be too terrified. I My kids are still very young. The oldest is only seven. So I'm not dealing yet with letting them on these devices themselves. But I, I am not going to stop them completely from being on these. I'm going to be right there with them. And I'm going to be able to help them make sense of the world. So I encourage you to do that. Protect Young Eyes is my most favorite resource as a parent, I get so much about for my advocacy from them. Like I know what yeah. companies to tackle because yeah. really they're doing involved. a great job. They're actually scheduled to be on our podcast this season. Oh, good. So yeah. I really parents like subscribe to their email and blog. That's the best. Don, you are an activist, a warrior. Um, a lot of people care about this work, but don't want to get in the nitty gritty. It is hard. It's complicated. It's scary. Uh, it's, it's emotional. We are thankful for you and the work of Nikosi. We are thrilled that you took the time uh, from DC to join us. I know you're doing incredible work. We will follow what you're doing with Twitter. We're standing side by side with you and whatever it takes to hold these platforms accountable. We, we have a love-hate relationship with them. We love them. We need them. They've offered incredible um, platforms for people to use, but they also have such a dark side that we need to, to mitigate. So thank you for everything. How can people follow you? Thank you. Well, I'm on Instagram and on Twitter, but I really encourage you to sign up for our emails at insexualexploitation.org because we send out action alerts weekly and we need an army of people calling on these companies to account. And everybody can do that. Don, thank you so much for being on The Balanced Voice, everybody. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's Balanced Conversation. You can find real solutions and tangible resources in our show notes at thebalancevoicepodcast.com. To join the conversation, follow us on Instagram at thebalancevoicepodcast and on Twitter at balancevoice underscore. Stay up to date on Renya's work by following her at The Renya Report. And we can't wait to see you next week for another Balanced Conversation.